This is the Cafe American podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm broadcasting to you 2,200 miles from the usual place of broadcasting. I am no longer in the American Southwest. Thankfully, I am now in New York. I think it was in New York the last time and the last podcast, but I don't remember anymore. I am fucking exhausted. I am so goddamn tired. I'm really tired of shit not working, particularly of the electronic uh, format. But we all must remember that coming up is Mercury in retrograde. So Mercury in retrograde being that uh, if you look at the stars in the sky and you find the planet Mercury, it looks like Mercury is going in reverse. So when the stars travel or traverse throughout the skies at night, uh, it, it would potentially look like something going from left to right, uh, from horizon to horizon. But when it's in retrograde, it looks like this, the, um, in this case, Mercury. It could, be, it could happen to all of the planets. They all go in retrograde. Uh, they go halfway through the sky, reverse, and go in the, in the direction it just came from, and then stops, and then reverses the reverse and goes in the direction that it should be going in. And that whole process lasts about a month and a half. So think 45 days or so. And during that time, you shouldn't be doing pretty much, well, anything. You should be staying in in your bed at home underneath the covers and not do a fucking thing. Don't talk to anybody. Don't get into any new projects. Don't enter into any new relationships. Don't do any of it. Because Mercury in, in retrograde is all about sitting back and thinking about what you just did for the past three months because mercury in retrograde usually uh, goes uh usually occurs three to f usually about three times a year so every three months or so we got to deal with this bullshit uh other than that i am on another podcast which you can find it's called resonance it is being broadcast with on the wake up radio and you can find that on spotify uh youtube uh google play Stitcher, and uh, I th forgot what else, but a whole bunch of other, other platforms. They're really, really good. We had some technical difficulties in the beginning of it, but we worked it out and we kept going. We spoke about the firmament. So the firmament is in ancient, uh, well, maybe ancient, probably ancient, but ancient mythology. If you believe in the word mythology, I really don't. I think it's more history, not so much mythology. Uh, the firmament is basically what the Earth supposedly looked like, or looks like currently. Uh, and usually, you find, if you do a search on this, if you fire up Google and you, and, you, and you do a search on firmament images, you find the uh, Hebrew version or the Jewish version of what firmament is, and it is essentially flat Earth. What you have is a piece of land, and then there's a dome over it, and then there's a dome underneath it, and the dome underneath it is the underworld and inner earth and all of that good stuff. Now, what's interesting about the firmament is that they talk about the waters of the heavens. And so we spoke about this on resonance, and we also spoke about DNA and Taurus fields and what it means for everybody interacting with one another and planets interacting one with one another. So it's all interesting stuff. 
you can go over there and uh, fire it up and listen to it. Now, the reason why we spoke about the firmament is because scientists have now discovered that the moon is in the Earth's atmosphere. Okay, that's pretty fucking interesting. And so if you look at the firmament models, it shows the sun and the moon underneath the dome that uh, is containing the Earth. So in the model, in these ancient models, the sun and the moon literally traverse over Earth's lands and oceans so there is it's not a heliocentric model we the earth is not orbiting around the sun the sun is dancing throughout the sky and so is the moon and there's plenty of evidence to say that the moon isn't what it should be and that the sun is a lot closer than what they're telling you and you know you can go on and on you can never find a real image of earth it's all uh composites of pictures that they've taken and that they've blended together so we go on and on and on about this stuff but what's interesting is if the moon is part of the earth's atmosphere then the firmament model may hold some truth to it if not all truth in it because that suddenly means that there is a dome and that there is some sort of field that contains the Earth, and the Earth may not necessarily be round. It could be more in a donut shape or a pear with two open ends at either pole, um, or it could literally be flat. We don't know. I I don't know, and I'm not pretending to know. I've got two theories on the whole thing. Uh, my first theory is is that it does look like a Taurus field. So almost everything that you see is emitting torus fields. And torus fields if look essentially like if you threw metal shavings on a piece of paper or whatever, and then you put a magnetic bar in the middle of those shavings, you get those semicircles, right? They, they, you've, you've seen so many pictures of this, especially if you were in elementary school, and you see all the metal shavings, they form these semicircles that, that align themselves to the poles, and you see these two domes now imagine if that is three-dimensional it almost looks like a donut and you've got two essentially holes at either top and the torus field has its densest points in the middle of it which would make everything look like it was flat so the densest points in a torus field which everything is made up of a torus field is actually in the center of where these fields interact now, the best way I can tell you to look at this is if you were to take a picture of the Milky Way galaxy and turned it on its side so you saw the galactic plane, that is essentially the densest elements of a torus field. Now, that also means that by the same token, that picture is not showing you, and we're not seeing, maybe it's because we just cannot be aware of it due to uh, our limitations being in a human body, it is essentially shooting out all of this energy in these looped fields that, that almost look like a donut if we were able to see it all. So if you were to imagine the Milky Way galaxy, the densest forms, is, uh, the densest part of these torus fields are essentially the stars. And what we see in pictures, that's what I'm saying Earth could be. The second portion of this the second portion of this could be that the Earth is a lot larger than what they're telling you. 
because there the problem with the rounded model is that I can't I <laughs> I'm fairly convinced that what they're telling you and how they're saying well the earth uh keeps bending at these degrees so yes you're going to see the earth essentially dip at certain points and so that's where the horizon comes in and the ships aren't actually going into the distance but they're going across the globe those models don't really there's something about those models that i do not buy however we have to go back to plato and plato was describing atlantis and in atlantis i should i should back up a little bit a lot of the flat earthers say that antarctica is not a continent onto itself what antarctica is is essentially an ice wall that surrounds the other continents so if you were to take a picture of the un you know the un flag and you look at it from the north pole and they flatten all the other continents out the ring around all of those other continents is actually antarctica it's not a continent it's as if you sliced open antarctica and you and you squished it out to make this big wall around the other continents now okay so let's go with that just for a second let's say that really is the case now this would validate plato's version and description of atlantis he describes atlantis as having a central uh civilization that is surrounded by three rings of other civilizations and other territories so atlantis was three rings and in the middle of it was a large piece of land almost like the target symbol now if this is the case then all of a sudden you realize where the saturn mythology comes into play and where the saturn symbolism comes into play with all of the businesses out there uh, for example target itself looks like saturn from the poles right because you have the planet which is the circle the center and then you've got the ring which is saturn itself you also have the nike swish everyone thinks it's a check mark but if you actually ask nike they will tell you that it is a silhouette of saturn's rings and then you have a whole bunch of other symbolism uh that involves saturn too and uh you have the blocks that the uh, Orthodox Jewish people wear. There's a whole bunch of Catholicism and Catholics that, that worship Judaism and the whole symbolism of black robes. That's Jupiterian mythology and symbolism, and it's all sorts of icky stuff associated with all of that. However, we can also say that this could potentially apply to Atlantis itself and what Plato is getting at where we have that center island surrounded by three rings. Now, let's assume that Atlantis was not necessarily an island. Let's assume that Atlantis was a metaphor for a civilization. And this civilization encompassed, well, the continents or Pangaea, which is where all of the continents were connected. Now, if it involved all of that, and if Pangaea did in fact exist, and all of the continents were connected, then we all of a sudden have an explanation of why we see the same kinds of temples and everything else in multiple continents on the same longitudes and latitudes, and they're all built in the same way, and nobody knows that. So we get all of that. However, Atlantis, assuming it's a culture and not necessarily an island, could in fact be the seven or the six continents, excluding Antarctica, that we all know and love. 
And so where we are right now is the center island, or what's left of Atlantis and that center island, and Antarctica, if we're assuming that Antarctica is an ice wall, it is the first ring around Atlantis. And what that means is that there are two other rings beyond that first ring. And that also means that Earth could potentially be a lot bigger than what they're telling you. And if we're to assume that Earth is in fact a sphere, that would explain why none of the horizon models really work, according to flat earthers. No matter how high you get, the horizon is still flat. And it doesn't make sense based upon the calculations of what the current Earth model should be. However, if we extrapolate what Earth could potentially be, where all of the six continents are really the inner is really the inner island. They're only the inner islands of what Atlantis used to be, and Antarctica really is the ice wall that surrounds and encapsulates us and, and basically blocks us off from all of the other norms out there. Um, and that would be that first ring. So there are two other rings beyond where we are, assuming that Atlantis exact exists which would make Earth a lot bigger. And that is completely fascinating because you really don't have to go to outer space to find other beings because all you have to do is go beyond the first ring and realize that we are a microcosm of what could potentially be out there. So those are my two theories. It could be flat. It could be a pear shape. It could be a sphere that is a lot larger than what they're telling you. And you can listen to all of that on Resonance. I didn't get very far with my co-host Aurora on the whole deal, uh, but that's okay. That's what makes good radio. You don't want to necessarily agree with everybody on radio because, well, where the fuck would that go? Oh, yeah, that's a very good point. I agree with you. All right, next story, and on we go. Anyway, going back to Mercury and Retrograde, Mercury and Retrograde is all about communications and how you shouldn't be communicating with people, entering into contracts, entering into business agreements, or new relationships. Uh, it's all about communication. If you send out an email, the person might not get it. If someone sends you an email, you might not get it. It's a whole big shit show that you just don't want to be involved with. So the whole purpose behind Mercury and retrograde is to really sit back, not do anything, reflect on the lessons that you've learned for the prior th three months, and also plan out what you should be doing for the next three months once Mercury and retrograde is over. I have taken a sip of awful, awful, awful cold black coffee because I am dying over here i am tired whoa mm. anyway speaking of poor communication skills jussie smollett this fucking idiot he decided to hire two brothers to beat the shit out of him or this could actually be self-inflicted and just jussie smollett decided to pretend he was attacked by trump supporters in Chicago at 2 a.m. Right. Okay, so that really doesn't make sense, does it? And the media and the mainstreams won't touch it. They won't touch it. They're still trying to defend him because he came out and said, oh, I was attacked by Trump supporters. And the media did zero investigating. They didn't do any sort of background 
work or leg work to validate any of Jussie's claims, and they just ran with the ball. This is Trump's country, and it is filled with racists, neo-Nazis, and so on and so forth, and this young boy must be taken uh, as, as uh, his, his statements must be taken as truthful. Well, it turned out this fucking moron hired people and inflicted the wounds upon himself to make it look like he was attacked by Trump supporters in Chicago at 2 a.m. Right, you see where I'm going here, right? So so first off, what Trump supporter, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he then says, well, I have a drug problem. Okay, I'm sure you do. Now, everybody, when he, when, when he got nabbed with all of this, they all brought up the fact that he's part Jewish. Okay, who gives a shit? And they all brought up the fact that he's, uh, that he's gay. Okay, so then the media won't touch him because not only is he African-American, not only is he Jewish, but he's also gay. So he is a minority dream. He's everything there. But that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't make it okay to do what he did. He's still a fucking asshole trying to instigate race riots. Now, I'm no Trump supporter. At the same time, you shouldn't be doing things like this. This is kind of bad. And so Mercury in retrograde hit Jussie a little early. And everyone was saying, oh, he is such an amazing actor on Empire. Oh, my good. Well, I would contend this. That he's not so good of an actor. Because if he was, he would have gotten away with all of this. He's pretty fucking stupid. And the the, the funny thing about this is that not only were Trump supporters in Chicago at 2 a.m. I mean, that's, that's funny right there. But the police chief decided to tell Jussie he's a fucking moron. And the media went up in arms about this how dare oh my god it hasn't been proven that jussie is guilty of stop it 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 pretty much has been and you guys are running interference and then i think it was charles barkley he was laughing his balls off at jussie small because not only did jussie pay people to try and make it look like he was attacked by trump support he wrote it in the form of a check. So, <laughs> so Jesse Smollett's out there and he's writing check. What is it to quote Charles Brown, what is he going to write it for? Mugging equipment? Is he going to for uh for ski masks and MAGA hats? I mean, seriously. This guy's a fucking moron and I can't say it enough times. What an idiot. And you know what? He should be thrown into prison. For lying and causing all sorts of problems. This is beyond reprehensible. And what else, what else is going on is that the, the, the media is not, is defending him. Why are you defending a liar? If someone came up, if someone tried to state, or better yet, better yet, if a Trump supporter tried to stage an attack, by liberal African Americans, and it turned out it was false. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the trouble this person would be in? This person would be in an immense amount of trouble. And it's just another episode 
of hypocrisy. Just absolute hypocrisy. And I would contend that, and you're starting to see more and more of this out there, that I would contend that the United States is on the cusp of a civil war. It's on the cusp right now with words. And it's very, very clear that the United States does not have a genuine media outlet. What you're looking at is two or three factions and they're all coming from different directions, and they're all telling you they're telling you the truth, and they're only relying on emotions over facts and logic. And the mainstream on the left has gotten this down to a T. Look at their audiences. They are college-educated. Sometimes they have master's degree, and other times they've got doctorates, and they are part of the learned intelligentsia, influencing culture, and making sure America's youth is educated in the best manner possible. So if you're going to write a paper in my course, I would want you to prove your point with evidence and logic, free of any emotion. Well, let me tell you something. The whole Russiagate thing is based on inference and emotion. There's no logic behind it. The whole Russiagate thing, which is it's, it, it is beyond my comprehension as a human being to understand all of this. It's all based on inference. If you read any of these news articles, there is not one shred of evidence that Russia helped Trump, that Trump asked Russia for help. Not one bit of evidence. However, all of the articles are written to get your emotions flowing, to let you infer what they're writing as it, to let the, to let you infer their article as truth when in fact it's not truthful and they're telling you it's not truthful all the way at the end of the article in paragraph 23 where they say, and summarily, there is no evidence of collusion between Trump. But they let you go through the whole fucking article letting you think that Putin is going to take over the United States. Now, here's another thing. We had the Roger Stone. Uh, we had the Roger Stone testimony. So Roger Stone is some slack-jawed chump that Trump hired to take care of all of his philandering. So he's going out there and paying mistresses. Oh, yeah, Trump smashed your pussy with his cashew dick and so on and so forth. And he's out there writing checks and hush money and whatever else being reimbursed by the Trump Foundation, which oddly enough, the Clintons did all the fucking time with the Clinton Foundation. They would reimburse themselves and the financials of the Clinton Foundation are a mess. So so we've got the Cohen testimony. He's out there, this slack jawed idiot. And so, the whole testimony is bullshit. If Trump is a puppet of Putin, because that's what all of this was based on, that's what Mueller's investigating, we're trying to find out just where the Russians are and how they hacked the election and infiltrated the United States federal government and blah, blah. Okay. So if Trump is, in fact, a puppet of Putin, that's alliteration, by the way, 
then why would Trump hire Cohen to go arrange meetings with Julian Assange to find out what the Russians have? If Russia and Putin totally own Trump, why is Trump going to hire some B-lister lawyer to find out what Julian Assange knows? Don't you think the Russian intelligence agencies have a little bit more information than Julian Assange? That's the first problem. The second problem with the whole, Ro not Roger Stone testimony, I'm sorry, the Cohen testimony. We've got Roger Stone coming up. The Cohen testimony. That's the slack-jawed idiot that I'm talking about. Roger Stone is somebody else. We'll get to him later, maybe next week. But Cohen. Cohen is the slack-jawed idiot lawyer that Trump hired to take care of his fiddle-faddle. So the other problem with this is that Cohen lied. He lied to the Mueller investigation in the beginning. And then he changed his tune. And since he changed his tune, all of a sudden his sentencing is going to be slightly less. And he now has a moral obligation to tell the truth to the American people uh, because all of a sudden he has found his moral compass. Okay, who's his lawyer? His lawyer is a high-ranking Democrat, which is being paid for by other high-ranking Democrats. Gee, I wonder how Cohen got into this mess, and I wonder if somebody recommended said lawyer to Cohen i.e., or e.g., not i.e., Mueller. So, that's the second thing. The third thing is if Cohen lied, you morons think that you are going to impeach a president on testimony from a proven liar. Does that make any sense to you? Do you really think that's going to get very far? Now, I'm no lawyer. I'm an amateur lawyer because I like parsing words. But you've got somebody that lied. You cannot trust that person anymore. If you lie in court once, all of your testimony is in jeopardy. And you are not taken seriously anymore. I've seen enough Judge Judy to know this. And now all the liberals out there. They're saying this is a great victory because Cohen went out there and he really shoved it up Trump's ass. No, you've got a liar that is on public display trying to create problems. Mueller is trying to create problems. Mueller is throwing Cohen out there to smoke out any sort of hidden opposition that he didn't know about or he can't get his hands on in an attempt to get more indictments and extend the period of investigation all the way until the 2020 elections, which is when Mueller will release his report right before the 2020 elections to give Trump a problem. So this is all some stupid exercise. This isn't, this isn't justice. This isn't altruistic. This isn't anything of the sort. This is political bullshit. That's all this is. And if you read any of Cohen's testimony, and if you listened to any of Cohen's testimony, it's all hearsay gossip. 
oh, Trump is a racist, but doesn't provide any evidence for it. Cohen's big, earth-shattering piece of evidence that Trump potentially colluded with Russia was the following. It was a meeting where Trump is sitting at his desk and Don Jr. scuttles off behind Trump and says, okay, I've arranged the meeting. Trump says, okay, good. And that's it. That doesn't mean shit. All that means is that you are in the same room as Trump and Donald Trump Jr. And Donald Trump Jr. scurried off to Trump and said, we've got the meeting arranged. And Trump said, thank you. And that's it. That's all it means. It doesn't, you don't know what the meeting is about. You don't know who the meeting is with. You're making a huge leap here. an, An enormous leap. By assuming that said meeting had something to do with Russia. Never mind the fact that you are inferring that Trump had a meeting with some Russians to collude to hijack the 2016 election. Even though Trump won the Electoral College, which is how you win fucking presidential elections. So, yeah. It's it's a big shit show, and it's nothing more than gossip and hearsay and nonsense. Don't let them try to fool you into anything else. This Cohen testimony. I can't believe I screwed that up. I can't believe I said Roger Stone instead of Cohen. That's a big deal. Speaking of election. So they're really, really trying being liberal states they're really trying to get donald trump off of the ballot uh for the next election and so what they're doing is getting him removed uh via very very innocuous very very innocuous um methods you know i i shouldn't look at my phone because i'm trying to do something i'm trying to sell a piece of furniture here and you got all these morons that try to do something they're always trying to cut a deal and you can kiss my nuts and whatever else so uh colorado is now moving to bypass the electoral college and will assign electoral votes to the popular vote winner okay now the problem with this is that the electoral college is federal. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure this doesn't work. The whole purpose of the Electoral College is to ensure that the popular vote doesn't always count. It's to ensure that smaller states have a say in the election of a president and also other things other things along those lines and it is insane that everyone out there said oh my god trump lost the vote trump lost the vote no he lost the popular vote most presidents lose the popular vote they win the electoral vote which is the electoral college so now colorado the governor of colorado Jared Polis told The Hill, I've long supported electing the president by who gets the most votes. 
It's a way to move towards direct election of the president. There are 12 other states that also want to do this. Those 12 states in the District of Columbia, which also passed a popular vote bill, account for 181 electoral votes, just under 90 shy of the 270 votes a presidential candidate needs to win the White House. So this is what they're doing. They're, they are taking... The, you're looking at these people rewriting what it is to be in America and what the laws are, the Constitution in America. That's what you're looking at here because they don't like the results of the election. That's on the surface. The real process behind all of this is much deeper. And the reasonings for the reasons, not the reasonings, the reasons behind the process is to essentially remove the rule of law. They're trying to do away with checks and balances, and they're doing a very good job of it because the intelligentsia is so outraged and not thinking. They're only reacting through emotion because they hate Trump so much. The dastardly racist, the next Hitler. He grabs people by the pussy and then he licks their assholes. Sounds like a good time. So, <laughs> so they're trying to get rid of the methods that allowed Trump to win the election, which is what the methods have been for the past 200 plus years. You're looking at America being changed, and America is not going to be America as you know it to be today. It's not going to be pleasant. And you see little snippets of it. It's almost as if the elites have said, enough is enough. We're not going to play games anymore. We want to do things our way. And we're not going to let the poor plebeians get any say in it. So I'm sorry. We pay the most taxes. We own the most property. You are going to play by our rules. And we have evidence of this. Diane Feinstein. This little garden shrew. She looks like a little sniveling rodent. She always looks like she's sniffing something. Or she just tasted something sour. Diane Feinstein snapped at a couple of environmental activist children. Now, to Diane Feinstein's credit, she has been around the block for quite some time. She's a little long in the tooth, some people may say. Diane Feinstein knows when she's being set up. And a lot of these kids were saying things that uh, they were a little too well-versed on the topics of climate change. And they really gave her a bit of a run for her money. The kids were saying their stat was, if the world, well, we need to change uh, uh, climate and we need to support the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal was introduced by Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. Ocasio-Cortez, not Ocasio, excuse me. She is the DNC's champion of the Green New Deal. Now, they worked out how much the Green New Deal would cost. It's an, it hovers around, I think, $93 trillion dollars. And the Green New Deal says, essentially, get rid of all airplanes. Everything is going to be run by train and throw everybody into cities. Uh, that's pretty much it. Now, uh, it doesn't sound like a bad idea because airplanes are really not that, you know, whatever. 
So these kids say, some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around, meaning climate change. And if we don't turn it around in 12 years, then guess what's going to happen? The world is going to end. Excuse me, they said gonna, not going to. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And Mrs. Feinstein said, Feinstein, excuse me, said, it's not going to, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. And then they responded, Senator, if this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're going to look, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and for all the people. And Feinstein gets some burr in her saddle. And she says, you come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway to children. She goes, I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by a, almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. And then I love this. One little kid said, you're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. She goes, how old are you? She goes, I'm 16, the girl said. I can't vote. And then, to wit, Feinstein said, Feinstein, whatever her name, Diane Feinstein said, well, you didn't vote for me. Essentially telling this child, go fuck yourself. You can't vote yet. I don't give a shit about what you're saying, so scurry along, peasants. That's essentially what Diane Feinstein is saying. She realizes that the whole Ocasio-Cortez rhetoric is being planned, and they're making a significant push in American politics, particularly in New York, where we had the whole deal about, uh, whatchamacallit, we had the whole deal about, um, oh, what the hell was it? That The Amazon thing, right? The whole Amazon thing, them getting kicked out of uh, of uh, Queens, right? They were going to go in there. They're going to create all sorts of 25,000 jobs, 25,000 new jobs. Ocasio-Cortez said, no, 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 you're not going to do anything. You, get, you guys got $3 billion, and so we could use $3 billion in other areas. Well, the problem is, is Miss, OK, Miss AOC is that there was the $3 billion that Amazon was supposedly getting, they really didn't get. It wasn't a handout. It was just never going to be collected. So it's not like all of a sudden $3 billion just magically appeared in the budget. It was that it was $3 billion that was never going to be collected. Now, the other thing is that Amazon was about to pay in one form or another about $27 billion in taxes, whether, whether that's state or federal. I don't think it's federal. I don't think they pay anything in federal. So it's, it's taxes in the form of payroll and things like that. Um, they were going to pay New York and the feds about $27 billion. So really, over the course of 10 years, so really, Amazon essentially got 10 years or they got one year out of 11 years for free, right? So they were going to get $3 billion in tax breaks 
However, they were going to pay $27 billion over the next 10 years. So essentially, they got one year out of 10 for free. And so there really was not this great victory. And they're making uh, the uh, the Democrat, the, I think it's Democratic Socialists, they're making a huge push right now to try and buck the Democrats because really there is no difference between Democrat and Republican. Let's be fucking honest. There is no real difference. They always want war. They'll always be backed by corporations. Whatever the corporations want, that's what they'll do. Whatever the banks want, that's what they'll do. Whatever the insurance industries want, that's what they'll get. You know, it's the whole thing over and over and over again. You had the chief of staff for uh, Nancy Pelosi. That's another asshole that doesn't need any more plastic surgery. She looks like she's a, she's constantly caught in headlights. So her chief of staff was telling uh, told a whole bunch of insurance lobbyists that said, do not worry about anything. Medicare for all is never going to happen. At most, the Democrats are going to actually go and try to figure out a cheaper cost for pharmaceuticals and how to go about doing that at best. So don't you worry. You guys are A-OK in our book and do not believe the rhetoric. Oh, Pelosi has got your back. So really, there is no fucking difference between anything. And everybody has to got to realize that, especially these fucking hayseed snowflakes that real that sincerely believe the Democrats are speaking for them. I mean, let's let's be fucking honest here, guys. Let's wake up a little bit, all right? So, oh, let's let's divert this way. Dr. Michio Kaku, who has gotten fame, or he began to be famous with his book, um, I think it was Hyperspace. I read the book long ago. And Hyperspace talks all about string theory, and then he supplemented it with other books. So it's all quantum physics and everything else. However, for some reason, Michio Kaku does not believe that the World Trade Center was demolished. He believes that planes actually took down the World Trade Center. And all you have to do is watch videos of this because, you know, do some research. The World Trade Center buildings, they collapsed into their own fucking footprint. Uh, that that doesn't that's that's prepared world trade center seven you had that moron uh who is the guy that owned world trade center i forgot the guy's name i forgot his name anyway he said oh we, we made a decision that we had to pull building seven meaning they had to set off the charges to demolish the building so world trade center seven collapsed into its own footprint now, that stuff just doesn't happen overnight. Now, World Trade Center 7 had a whole bunch of phony offices for the FBI and the CIA. And I was wondering why they demolished that building and the Department of Defense. What's all that about? Now, you can't have buildings fall into their own footprint. Even if you do have demolition charges set throughout the You can't do that in a day. That stuff doesn't happen in a day. It takes quite some time to rig a building with demolitions. So the whole thing, now this is where Michio Kaku, he, you know, he said, well, no, the planes took the buildings down. I, I guess he's part of the inside, and so he can't do anything that rocks the boat or dis disturbs the narrative, despite him being a doctor in physics. 
And he could, we all know, we have the formula to figure out how, uh, you know, how fast it would take something to, to make a free fall descent, meaning the buildings. So, when Chiyokaku has his head up his ass on that. However, he is saying that Yellowstone is on its way out. Yellowstone has a 465-mile bubbling rock of molten that it's making its way to the surface. And this isn't good. Chiyokaku told Fox News that there is a sleeping Godzilla underneath Yellowstone. We're talking about a sleeping Godzilla underneath Yellowstone. Not to repeat myself. That if it erupts in a maximum eruption called Category 8, it can literally tear the guts out of the United States of America. Instead of having 50 states of the Union, we would have 30 states of the Union. Unlike a meteor from outer space, where you get n when you get no warning whatsoever, we get warning. If you've seen movies like Pompeii, you know that there are days, in fact, weeks of eruptions building up, rumbling inside, underneath the pockets of lava. So there we would have enough time. We would have several weeks to begin evacuation. Okay, so here's the thing. If the 50 states of America is going to turn into 30, and you've got weeks to evacuate, essentially the West Coast, it doesn't fucking matter. You don't have enough time unless you want to declare martial law. Now they put up some sort of image. And the image shows uh, essentially the uh, epicenter of the massive explosion from Yellowstone and the ash levels that all of them, uh, you know, varying degrees of ash levels and where they are from the epicenter of Yellowstone if the, or the, the volcano of Yellowstone. If this thing were to erupt, essentially, essentially, the about, I would say, 90% of America, excluding Alaska and Hawaii, is covered in ash. About 90%. And that's just that's just ash, okay? That's like an inch or less of ash. And then you've got the rest, which includes most of California, all of Utah, Colorado, Nebraska, and all of those states. I mean, you're essentially, they are, they're destroyed. They're demolished because the ash is going to be so thick and so heavy that they would not be able to survive. Now, you've heard me talk about this many, many times. We're on the cusp of a great energetic change. And that is why people are starting to act a little freaky because something isn't right in the air. And people are starting to realize that. The energy that people normally use to interact with one another on a psychic level, on an interpersonal level, the way the Earth acts. I mean, you can just look at how fast the North Pole is moving from Canada to Siberia. It has essentially tripled its speed. That's pretty fucking fast. And we are experiencing a pole shift. We had strange meteorites coming into the solar system. I really don't think they're meteorites. Now we've got NASA saying that Planet X really does exist. It's just on a very, very large, extreme elliptical orbit around the sun and in the solar system. 
And this planet is probably a brown dwarf, which means it's extremely dense. Which means it can alter the, the poles of the planets and the magnetic poles of the planets. So something is coming and something isn't right. And it ain't climate change, as the kids want everyone to believe. In this case, I agree with Diane Feinstein, 10 years ain't going to cut it. Because it's not necessarily a human issue anymore. It is out of human hands. It never was really in human hands. But it's out of human hands. And, and mankind is not really going to change the environment at this point. Due to the mass extinctions, a lot of beings and a lot of energy workers, they're all punching out of Earth. They're saying, you know what? I tried to do my job here. I'm fucking done with this bullshit. And they're all leaving. If you believe in the reincarnation aspect of the whole thing, right? So they come here, they have a job to do, and then they leave. That's why a lot of people, especially in their 30s and, and late 20s, they always say, I know that I've come here to do something. I just can't remember what it is I'm supposed to do. Now, you can get into the reasons why you can't remember. I mean, that's part of the whole game here. If you knew what you were supposed to do on Earth, then what would the fun be? Where would the lessons be? But you also get into 5G and cell networks and cell phones and smartphones and everything else. And lo and behold, um, you get all sorts of people missing information and missing time. And you're talking about literally the basic constructs of reality at that point. Because if you can't remember your own thoughts and you're not in control of your own emotions and you're not thinking, then somebody is pulling the strings on an electromagnetic frequential level meaning cell towers and cell phones there's a reason why it's called a smartphone there's a reason why you can think of something and then all of a sudden see an ad for that thing that you thought of on your smartphone you're literally connected to the grid via your smartphone uh -huh. it goes both ways you can influence your phone and your phone can influence you not just by looking at pornography and fisting. So, continuing on down this road, we have... I talk about this sometimes. I talk about these kinds of issues sometimes. Last time I on the, on the podcast, <clears throat> I should have a dump button, but I don't. Because I don't, I don't pause the podcast. I just keep going. Because it's, it's just a way to try and get myself back to what it was to be on air. So, I mean, we have... I, I talk about this sometimes, uh, and I think it's a big deal. It's Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was the pedophile banker, billionaire banker, who was supposedly working with the FBI and transporting high-level politicians, financiers, and whatever else uh, to his uh, disgusting, drug-ridden, pedophiliac island... Uh, on his airline, the Lolita Express, where he allowed children to be on this airline, an airplane, to service older gentlemen. And it goes both ways. Men and women did it. Men and women were on his Lolita Express, all fooling around with drugs, all fooling around with people that are underage. Oh, and here's another thing about underage people. That's one hell of a segue, right? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This old fuck, she should just go away. 
Now, I don't know if I said I probably did, but Ruth Bader, she they made some stupid puff piece, puff piece movie about her and how she's this pillar of feminism. She's out there making sure women have the same rights as men, and she's been doing it since 1917. This old, decrepit piece of shit said that the age of consent should be 12. 12. 12 years old. Now, I understand that maybe in the 1800s, people were getting married a little bit younger than what they are getting married at now. But, sweetheart, 12 fucking years old? What's going through your head? Are you a pedophile? Are you involved in all of this? What do you know? Do you get involved with satanic and luciferian rituals that incorporate children? So, you've got zero respect from me. Anyway. So, Epstein got into a plea deal with the federal government. And because he got into a plea deal... Despite the fact that he's running drugs and being a pedophile and involved in child trafficking and human trafficking, he served about 14 months in a very, very rich uppity prison where he didn't really have to go to prison per se. He was still allowed to have cocktails. He was still allowed to go to his office for certain points of the day. And he only had to do this for, four, I think, 14 months. So a year and two months, maybe 16 months. I can't, I can't, uh, 13 months, excuse me. 13 months. So there was an investigation opened a while ago. And it was a Department of Justice investigation. It was an internal investigation. And they said, well, the people that brokered this deal with Epstein, were they really doing the right thing? Did they not? Did they, in fact, adhere to the law or did they break the law? And the Miami Herald reported that, in fact, the U.S. Attorney's Office of Southern Florida violated federal law when they sealed Epstein's plea deal. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying is, when they, when they say they sealed Epstein's plea deal, is that Epstein's victims were never allowed to see what the deal was. They were never allowed to contest the deal. They were never allowed to throw Epstein in prison. Somebody somewhere forced the government to make sure that this deal never saw the light of day. And when he served his 13 months, he was done. And I would say the reason why this is is because Epstein was working for the FBI because he's a fucking snitch and a rat. And second off, he knows where all of the bodies are buried. I mean that literally and figuratively. He knows who did what, with who, when, because he kept records. He has 26 different contact numbers for Bill Clinton. 26. So you're telling me that Bill Clinton doesn't know what's going on? He, you mean he didn't participate in any of this? Of course he did. Of course he did. Bill Clinton, he's scum too. Okay, and actor Kevin Spacey was involved in this. Alan Dershowitz. 
Who I flip-flop on Alan Dershowitz. Most of the time, I think he's a fucking idiot with his head up his ass. But he did have some... He is right about a lot of his critique of mainstream media and how they view Donald Trump. So if you want to do some homework, you can look up what Alan Dershowitz says and what he writes about. Anyway. So, particularly problematic, Mara writes was the government's decision to conceal the existence of the agreement and mislead the victims to believe that federal prosecution was still a possibility. He entered into a deal. So that means that federal prosecution is off the table, right? You enter into a deal, so that's it. No more. We're not going to open up any more cases. No more prosecution. We have the deal. When the government gives information to victims, it cannot be misleading, says Mara. While the government spent untold hours negotiating the terms and implications of the agreement with Epstein's attorney, scant information was shared with his victims, the victims being underaged individuals. Epstein also had royal family members visit his island. So that just tells you how well connected Epstein is and the type of filth that he's involved with, particularly with the royal family. So being that it's sealed, that means that none of Epstein's victims are allowed to look into the deal. They're not allowed to contest it. They're not allowed to pursue anything. All that they know is that Epstein is serving 13 months, and that's it. They don't know what for. They don't know the legal ramifications. They can't do a thing about it. Now, that's unheard of. That's unprecedented. That's insane. A pedophile. Getting a deal like this. Edwards. Brad Edwards, a Fort Lauderdale attorney who brought all of this forward. The government aligned themselves with Epstein, working against his victims for 11 years. Yes, this is a huge victory. But to make his victims suffer 11 years, it shouldn't have happened. Instead of admitting what they did and doing the right thing, they spent 11 years fighting girls. Underaged girls. So what else does he know? What else did he tell the FBI? What else did the FBI want him to do? Because when the Department of Justice opened up this investigation about whether or not the deal that Epstein entered in was in fact legal, there was a limited document dump. With it, and it was heavily redacted. Heavily redacted. So basically all you saw were words like the, was, is, and, a uh, but. But in, in between all of that, you find out that Epstein is working for the FBI. Why? What is he doing? He's running drugs and hookers and, and kids and child trafficking? For politicians, that's what he's doing. He's a stoolie. And then we have the New England Patriots. Who like the 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 Robert Kraft? The New England Patriots have a kissing problem. Everybody's kissing one another on the New England Patriots on the lips. I mean, it's not just no. It's it's planting big old wet ones on each other. That's a big. That's that's something weird here. Anyway, New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft was nabbed, nabbed. In 
a prostitution ring. And by the way, I've seen pictures of the women that 